Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode six of Points and Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Peter, and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? Since I was bringing up the uh, nice little, you know, legends, I had to pick up a, a legends beer with Wayne Gretzky. Craft Brewing. It's a rye lager brewed with rye grain. Jesse, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Welly from Wellington Brewery. It's called uh, Chocolate Milk Stout. First out, I am drinking it warm. Ooh. Peter, what are you drinking? I am drinking a uh, Kingston Crafted Spearhead Brewing Company Hawaiian-style pale ale. Because it's a balmy five degrees here in Toronto today, which is good for February. So why not go with a Hawaiian-style pale ale? Good stuff. Hmm. Never heard of a Hawaiian pale ale before. Me neither. <laughs> And Josh, what are you drinking? Well, today, boys, I'm drinking some Bob Cage and Brewing Company. Uh, this particular beer is called Northern Lights. It's a, it's a hazy IPA, strong beer. You guys never went into your percentages. Mine's 6.1. Uh, oh, I'm six. <laughs> you bastard. But it's quite tasty and so far. Once again, 6.6. <laughs> but we all got to remember, I'm drinking Rain Gretzky, so it's not going to be all that strong here, guys. It's only a 5%. Well, somebody's got to be the bitch. <laughs> That's right. Would it be Wayne? No, no, it's you. It's you. Oh, 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 my <laughs> <It's> bad. <you. laughs> my bad. Oh, that's great. Well, talking about legends, Tiger Woods. Kev, you want to run us through what happened with Tiger? Poor guy. I guess uh, has some like compound fractures, I believe, to both his legs. He has his ankle done up with pins, screws. All the nice little uh, fixer-upper tools to get your legs and feet back together. Supposedly, I guess he uh, fell asleep at the wheel. Started crashing out. No drunk or impaired, according to the LA sheriffs. There's, yeah. I hope he can pan it. I hope he can play again, but I don't see it happening. I think Tiger's done after this. I mean, they've had to do some like other muscle stuff to, to stop the bleeding or swelling into his muscles because it could uh, deteriorate it. So, yeah, poor guy. Uh, there's a great tribute going on right now on the final round. Majority of players are playing with uh, the red and black. Uh, Roy McElroy, I believe, uh, female and is also sporting the red and black and, and others. Good tribute to him. Hope he, hope he gets a speedy recovery, you know, and he, he can come back, but I don't, think, I don't see it. Yeah, so I guess what happened is he's heading, uh, he's traveling north somewhere near LA. He ended up maybe fell asleep, I guess, is what uh, evidence is kind of leading towards crossed the median into the southbound lane, uh, went off the road, hit a tree, and rolled his SUV at least once. Obviously, was quite injured. My understanding is that the airbags in the vehicle he was in saved his life. They did what they were supposed to do, but he did end up with all these, um, all these injuries. He is apparently out of surgery, is feeling well, and is in good spirits. From everything that I've read, basically it says the evidence doesn't indicate a loss of control and because the vehicle kept going straight instead of staying on the road as the road curved to the right. Further evidence doesn't indicate that Tiger, or sorry, that Tiger braked late in the sequence of events. So that was leading to, uh, as you said, Kev, that it's possible that he fell asleep or was asleep uh, at the wheel when all this happened. It's quite unfortunate to any, you know, if it happens to anybody, but especially when it's when it's a legend and and there's a potential for him to to not play again obviously he'll have the best doctors working on him and we wish him all the best 
Yeah, I heard they had to get the jaws of life to get him out of there. Yeah, I initially heard that, but then I heard that that was the the report was refuted, and that the the uh, oh. the firefighters they they just pulled him out through the windshield. Yeah, the front so, windshield. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, I'm, I'm, but initially I'm, they said that it was jaws of life, but oh, okay. but who knows? I mean, it's, there's all kinds of reports. Article and, so, <laughs> well, you probably just read an early one. Yeah, like like you said, the evidence points to that that he had a late breaking and everything like that, and that's what caused his leg to get shattered so badly too was because he was pressing on the brake that as hard he was while he was flying through the air and obviously when he crashed right he wasn't limp right he was tensed up like crazy so that's what happens a lot of damage happens when you're all tensed up hitting something pretty hard yeah so i'm i think you're probably right kev i don't think he's gonna play again if he ever does it's gonna be a a huge comeback tour or whatever it is from what i saw he may smith yeah yeah from what i saw it it may be a struggle for him to walk again, but uh, like you said, Josh, he's going to have the best doctors working on him. And, you know, he's a, he's an athlete, so hopefully he's able to, to recover properly out of this, and hopefully we'll see him back on the course again. But as of right now, I'm skeptical as well. We'll ever, ever see that again. Hopefully is, you know, again, speed recovery, and he can, he can get back out there. I mean, if he could do it with three back surgeries infused, I don't see this guy quitting, but I don't see it happening. Good luck to him. Do you think he's the best of all time? Is he the goat in golf? Yep. Hard to argue not. He also made golf really interesting, winning all his majors at a, such a young age and everything like that. And yeah, he definitely made it relevant. Yeah, like he he changed the, the sport. Definitely changed the sport. I mean, they made courses so it would be harder for him to play on. So what do you think, Kev? You, but at the beginning there, you were kind of shaking your head. I feel like you're going to tell me that Jack Nicholas is the bomb. You're the band. He is the bomb. Jack Nicholas is the shit. Sorry, that's just you, you guys always call me old grandpa, whatever, man. But I'm old school. Jack Nicholas is 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 the man in my eyes. I gotta go with Tiger. I think he's he just changed the game too much, one too many times to to not be the goat in my eyes. Yeah, obviously with this accident and the surgeries he had on his back, it's unfortunate. But if if this didn't happen and he was able to play his whole career, do you not think he would have caught um, the golden bear? Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. I mean, all greats will be passed. I mean, all greats, you know, there's always better ones coming up and, and obviously being better. And, you know, like again, Tiger was with that guy. They altered courses once again, just for this guy, because he was getting on the greens and on a par four and one. I mean, yeah, he would have beaten them, but I still, still stick with uh, the golden bears. My, my goat. Sorry, Tiger. Love you, bud. But that's all right, Kev. You're entitled to your opinion, man. Yeah. And anybody thinks he's going to play again? Uh, it's too, it's too hard to tell. It's too early. It's probably not, you know, the age, the age factor with these injuries and the recovery time does not bode well for him. So what if he's able to get into a cart? Do you think these uh, players will allow him to get into a cart and play as opposed to walking? Yeah. I mean, there was one, there was one other player that was in the cart and I believe the gentleman's last name was Casey. Not sure if his first name, sorry, or last name, but I believe his name was Casey, and he played a couple times in the PGA Tour. And a lot of the players then were saying, I don't like it because he's not walking like everyone else. But would there be an exception for Tiger? Because it's Tiger. I think if he's recovered enough that he can play at a professional level with a golf swing, he's probably recovered enough that he's able to walk without too much complication. Maybe not, but I think at that point, if he's able to do a proper golf swing and at a professional level again, he's probably significantly recovered enough that walking is not a concern yeah i would agree with that well, that's the thing too is 
he might be able to play golf again, but can he, does he have a professional swing again? There's a lot to do with your hip transfer and everything like that. And who knows if, if his planted leg is going to be able to handle that. Yeah, for like sure. His kind of swing at least. Right. Right. So, I think he, he'll, he'll probably play golf again because you can play golf in, well into your, to your sixties. So I think he'll play. I don't know if he's going to play a professional level. I don't, I, it, it would be hard to, to see that he gets that good again to, to play at a professional level. And this is, so I think Peter was referring to professionally. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with him, but I think he'll play uh, uh, mm-hmm. golf again, just not, not on the PGA. Right. Wouldn't he be a great caddy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. If he can't, if he can't swing a club, he's not carrying around clubs for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> or just, we're saying not just a caddy then, but a teacher. Uh, maybe a teacher. I mean, like, I see him being something. He's still going to stay in the, in the field of uh, golf. He'll be, he'll be doing something there. Commentary, whatever. Oh, I can yeah. definitely see that. TV, for sure. That might be the correct answer. He goes into commentating. For sure. It would be quite lucrative, I would think, after, after golf. That would be the next, next best thing. So you can't golf in the winter unless you're in somewhere inside or somewhere really nice. And somewhere really nice would be down at spring training in Dunedin. It starts today. The Jays and the Yanks are actually playing right now. Uh, Peter, do you know what the score is offhand? Yeah, it started out real hot for the Blue Jays, but the they were up 5 nothing. It is now 5-4. They just gave up a home run. It's practice. Yeah. It's spring it's training. Practice. Yeah, it's, okay. it's not a huge, huge deal to lose games in spring training and just getting your feet under you and seeing what you've got in the young, uh, young prospects. But uh, I always love spring training because it's our first look at seeing where all the players went. So their new teams, they're in their new digs, got their new colors on. Uh, so of course Tatis didn't change, change colors, but his colors probably look a whole lot brighter now that he's making 320 or $340 million. But what the Padres, you had you Darvish and Blake Snell going to be joining him in the Brown. They got Bauer in Dodger blue, Arenado in Cardinal red, Lindor in the Met blue and orange and Ben attendee in not Royal blue, but the Royals blue powder blue. Powder blues, yeah. Uh, for me, the most thing I'm excited to see here in the spring training are those Springer dingers. I am pretty excited to see some uh, some home runs from George Springer and from the Blue Jays in general. Did he get a home run in the so far, Peter? I wasn't able He's to not watch playing. first. He's not He's playing. Not playing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Another thing that uh, I've heard for this season, now it may not be for the spring training here, but the LA Angels are basically letting uh, Shohei Otani do his thing. He's going to have no restrictions this year as a two-way player. He'll be pretty well an everyday DH and then pitch on his fifth day like every other pitcher. So that'll be interesting to see how he holds up through a full major league season. Of course, who knows what will happen with COVID in regards to making it a full season, but uh, regardless, uh, it should be interesting to see with no restrictions how good he can actually be and help these LA Angels and maybe they can get to the playoffs for I think the third time and would be, it would be the third time in 10 years or something, something like that. Which is sad. Cause they got a lot of talent on that team. Well, yeah. They got like the best player in the league and on that team. Right. So yeah, like, exactly. And then a surefire hall of famer. Yeah. Which we'll get into. And the only other thing that I'm really questioning this year in spring training and wondering what they're going to do is so they're allowing fans and I guess this will go for the regular season as well, but they're allowing fans in right now, albeit 10, 15% for each place. What are they going to do with home run balls and foul balls? 
are you allowed out of your cubicle or your two seat area to go and run to get a ball? Because you know somebody else is coming to get a ball and you're going to be within six feet of them. So I'd like to know what the, what the MLB plans to do about that in stopping this from happening or are they just going to turn a blind eye to it? Yeah. You know? Like my, my guess would be that the rule is you're not allowed to leave your seat to go get a foul ball and they're just not going to enforce the rule. Right. Now, what if you had those cardboard cutouts out there and that, you know, cardboard cutout got hit by that ball? Shouldn't the rights to be to that person who purchased that seat? <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't they doing that last year? I mean, that'd be kind of cool, but you can't guarantee that everybody would catch it. Like, I mean, I know that Jesse and I would catch it, but I don't know about you two guys. Uh, oh, come on. I know. Come I know. on. I may be old, but I can definitely still catch a friggin' ball there, bud. Okay. We'll see about that. I, I probably would drop it, yeah. <laughs> Has anyone gotten close to catching a ball at a, an MLB game? No, I didn't get close, but uh, Josh and I did get on TV and, and Dana, I think, at one point. No, it was Dana was went for drinks. It was you, myself, and Tremaine that got stuck on TV when I went for a foul ball that wasn't even remotely near being foul. Yeah, was it an actual foul ball or was it during warm-ups? No, it was an actual foul, but it wasn't a foul ball. Remember, the, the, it didn't even come anywhere near us, but I jumped up like a mofo to run for it. It was probably up in the second deck. No. <laughs> no, we were like five or six rows up, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, I'm gonna get that." Oh. No, that's the one we were sitting on uh, first baseline. I had a chance at one. It was during the 2016 season, up 500 when the Jays were good. Mr. Donaldson, I was right behind the foul pole, 500, so it was quite a hard hit ball, and I went to go get it, and Tori went in the exact opposite direction, which. Right, it was right into me, and <laughs> it went off my finger, my my index finger. You got boxed out by the woman. I know. <laughs> That's she funny. she she went the right into me while I went for it, and but it it stung. That was a that was a hard hit ball. <laughs> if, it, if it hits your fingertips, you got to catch that thing, Jesse. I yeah. know. That's Touches garbage. Your hands garbage. Gotta catch it. Could have had it. I I call interference though. Well, you definitely don't want to be caught on TV pushing your woman down for a foul ball, man. Well, we did get on TV, so I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kind of home run I'd like ball like I'd like to catch? Valley Guerrero Jr. That would be an awesome one to catch because it would probably be hard hit just like that. Probably be a stinger. This guy oh, yeah. has lost a ton of weight. Have you guys seen him uh, since he's lost all this weight from last year? He's slimmed up, I tell you that. Man, he's made some muscle. He looks like he's a monster now. He's pretty big. So it seems uh, he's lost about 42 pounds, he says. He's worked really hard on his legs. Uh, he said he, he wanted to be able to trust them underneath him. So uh, for fielding and for batting with those hard swings. And yeah, he looks good. He looks he looks fit, trim. Uh, he said that uh, he can. He, it's easier for him to take uh, ground balls now. He can field 50 to 60 of them now and still feel good afterwards, where last year... Not so much. He would be tired after ground after feeling that many. Um, obviously, forty-two pounds is going to do that. Well, he he's looking to get back to third base, uh, and I think that might be part of motivation to to lose all this weight. So, like I said, he's he's trying to get back there. But Montoya has said, "Be a Gold Glove first baseman, and then we'll move you over to third base, and we'll see how it goes." Type thing. So basically, that means you're not going to third. Be as good as you can be at first. And we'll pretend you can go to third. 
<laughs> See, I heard differently there, Josh. I, I heard that he's yeah, he's Vladdy's the first baseman and Biggio is gonna be playing third. Right. But but when uh there's a, a tough lefty on the mound, they're gonna put might put Vladdy there. Right. That's a possibility, but he's if he's shitting the bet over at first defensively, they're probably not gonna put him over at third. Oh, agreed. Right? But but that that that's what else I'm just saying, that's what Montoya is actually quoted as saying before too. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you just keep him as your DH? No, man. Not the DH. No, he's the first baseman. You you want him to be be playing like on on the field and everything like that. And especially he's still young, 22. So he's gotta he's gotta get better at fielding and stuff like that. Challenge, he's not 22, he's 21. Boom. He turns 22 in March. March. (laughs) (laughs) Plus one. Ding. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty quick challenge right off the hop here. It's because I looked it up and wrote it down before the show. <laughs> <laughs> it should be good to see what Vlad can do now that he's he's lost all this weight. Hopefully his swing timing hasn't changed too much. That type of thing. It's obviously going to be, he's likely going to be able to get through the zone quicker now, uh, which should mean he should be able to sit back on pitches a little more. And we might not get oppo tacos out of him. But if he doesn't fly out as much, I'll take that. I'll take that too. You know why, boys? Tell us why, Kev. Because they're winning the World Series. Man, I hope so. Are they still like eighth kind of thing for the odds to win? I assume so. I haven't checked it again. But I I don't imagine they would change. Nothing's happened. Right. No, exactly. I watched the the seventh inning from the – Playoffs against uh, the fuck. Spit it up. Cleveland fucking Indians. Odor. No, 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 no. The bat flip inning. Oh, Texas. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched that last night just for fun. Nice. It's a good little video to watch. The stupid uh, giving up run off the ball off the bat that they took the lead on, and then the the big inning, the big uh, bottom of the seventh. It's good times. And then what it was, it was the next time they played each other, the punch, right? The punch at second base. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that, yeah. He got clocked pretty good there, actually, Jose. Oh, did he? Did he ever? That's why I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) He stumbled a little bit, but he took a shot there. He definitely took a shot there. So Albert Pujols' wife, she posted on Instagram that this was going to be Albert's last season. And of course, social media goes crazy. This is it. You know, Albert's done. She ended up retracting and amending her post saying that this was just Albert's last season or last year in the 10-year contract that he had signed with the LA Angels. So it is not his last season. Uh, Albert then had come out and said that he's not ready to announce his retirement and the decision will be made after the 2021 season, whether it be to retire or to carry on playing. And who knows where that may be, as this is the last year of his contract, as I said. So he said he's focused on staying healthy and helping his team win. Uh, and he said that announcement, the retire- potential retirement announcement, whenever it comes, will be from him and not from a social media post from somebody else. It'll just be, I mean, it's going to be interesting when he does retire. He's, he's still hitting great. He's still, he doesn't play too much defense anymore, but this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question about it. Three-time MVP, 10-time All-Star, two-time World Series winner. He's the only only player in MLB history to sit, to hit 650 home runs 
and 650 doubles, which is quite the feat. So whenever he does retire, it'll be a, it'll be a sad day for, for baseball to see a, a great go, but it's not going to happen yet. And don't listen to social media, even if it's his damn wife. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think if he, he's at 662 home runs right now, I think if he gets more than say 20 this year, I think he comes back for at least one more year to try and get to 700. If he doesn't get many this year and this year's not great or it gets cut short or whatever, I think he might retire. That's just my wild guess. It's your hot take? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think he's been playing that great, Josh. Like, he hasn't hit over 23 home runs since 2016. Well, how old is he now? I 40s. think he's 39. There you go. Oh, no. Yeah, Peter's right. 41. Like, yeah, obviously with age, you're going to, your stats aren't going to be as good and everything like that. But he obviously, like Josh said, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, probably the best of my generation, like I think at least, because he, he's just, he has been dominant for, especially all of in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. He was, he was the best there. And yeah, when he came to Angels, he started slowing down and that was because of father time. You wouldn't put A-Roy ahead of him? Yeah, but everybody cheated. Wow. <laughs> That's the thing, too, is like it's it goes back to that Hank Aaron, Barry Bunsing, who hits the most uh, home runs, right? Because like he's catching up to Alex Rodriguez. He probably needs two seasons. Like you said, if he gets 20, maybe he comes back and gets another 20. He obviously needs a little bit more than that, more than 40 to get to the Rodriguez, but just over 40. So it's doable to get that 700 to in two years. But we just got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy, which is harder for him now. And the season has to go. We're assuming this season's going to be a full season, but we don't know. I think it probably will be, but who knows what might happen in, in these times. I think they'll just – it's baseball. They can squeeze double headers in. I think that that's what they'll end up doing, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, the, even if the double headers, I think they're doing the same thing that they did last year where yeah, the matinee is going to be a seven inning. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Is what which is. you lose two innings, right? Yeah, you lose a bat. It's only one at bat, really. But that's the thing is maybe if not for that shortened season last year and and then maybe losing some bats this year. He's also fighting for first base with uh, Jared Welsh, I think his name is. Well, retirement or not, well, can't wait to see him play. Can't wait to see just baseball. I was doing a lot of uh, preparation for today's show, so I wasn't able to watch the beginning there of the Jays game. Hopefully they do Jays in 30 and I can watch it a little later today because I'm pretty excited to see them play. Just means that our own baseball seasons are coming up and that, that makes me pretty excited too. So Peter, you got something to tell me about the Canadians? Yeah. So they have fired their head coach, Claude Julien, and have replaced him with interim head coach Dominique Ducharme. So Ducharme, I know him from Team Canada in the World Juniors. He was their head coach in uh, 17 and 18. Led him to silver and gold, respectively. I think the the Habs spent the most of any team in the NHL this past offseason. They spent $102.5 million this offseason. So expectations are high, and it's a shortened season, so they need to make decisions quickly. So they started out hot. They were uh, playing well sort of hanging with the Leafs right at the top of the uh, the North Division in the league. But then they dropped off a bit in recent weeks. And, yeah, 
So Bergerman decided yeah, there's no time, uh, no time to wait for this to come out of the slump that it's in, and he got rid of the coach. Ducharme is now the interim head coach. Um, from what we understand, he's going to be the coach the whole this whole season, and the job is basically his to lose. If he, as long as he doesn't screw it up down there in Montreal, then he's uh, it's likely he'll be made the permanent head coach in Montreal. Well, he ain't doing too well right now, is he? Uh, I'm not sure. He's. I know he lost his first game, and I guess he lost last night as well in overtime. So yeah, he's. I guess. Oh, one and one. Should be fired. No, he's got one more chance. Then he's out. So, like I said, kind of old news happened at the beginning of last uh, last week, right after we recorded, and I guess we'll see how it goes. You know, he's got a little bit of credibility there with the uh, World Junior Team, so. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty confident that Montreal is going to make the playoffs by one point. By one point. <laughs> Why do you say that? That's how they got in last year, wasn't it? But it's by one point. Uh, no, last year was they were way out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, they but, shouldn't have been there, but they got there. Right, because of the whole play-in thing. Right. One point. Yep. So anyway, we'll see how he does and uh, see if he can make that a permanent job. I liked him when he coached in Canada, so, you know. I don't like him anymore because he's the Habs coach. But <laughs> He was the Habs coach. He is. I'm talking about the Ducharme. Should have thrown a challenge. Should have challenged It's, it's okay. Man. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I was, I was talking. Okay. Yeah, I, was, I thought you were talking. It's about fine. It. It's fine. So, Artemi Panarin has been charged with an alleged assault that happened something like 10 years ago when he was playing in the KHL. Uh, I think it was uh, either his girlfriend at the time or just some other girl um, is alleged that he's he assaulted her 10 years ago. The I Rangers... Challenge, I challenge it was a dude. Yeah, I challenged it too, bud. <laughs> For sure. She didn't say shit. It's it's an ex-coach that, that is uh, is accusing him of this. Okay. Fine. You fuckers. <laughs> okay, keep on. Keep on. Anyway. And yeah, so he's the Rangers stepped in and immediately said that they fully support uh, Panarin that this did not happen and this is false charges, and that's it's significant because normally a team wouldn't do that when a charge like this comes out. Uh, normally they would sort of take a, you know, we'll support our player, but we want to wait and see what the evidence is kind of approach. Uh, but I think in this case they're. They know Panarin enough that they're pretty sure that this didn't happen. And this is resulting from Panarin supporting Putin's uh, main opposition, Alexei Navalny, who's in prison right now in Russia. And yeah, so Panarin was outspoken in supporting Navalny. And now this is more than likely just a, uh, an attack on Panarin's character, more or less, from Putin and from Russia because of that approach on social media that Panarin took. Yeah, so what I heard was that it was happening in a nightclub, like I said, 10 years ago. There were some issues. There may or may not have been a, a small shove, but an ex-teammate said that he wasn't even sure if that happened and he was there, but he also said that there was no assault on anyone, so there's these claims are uh, baseless. But it was a, an ex-coach who was, I guess, trying to get in good with Putin or or is uh, on 
Putin's side big time as opposed to this uh, opposition leader. So uh, it's it's crazy that it gets this political uh, and they pull him back to Russia. He gets arrested right away at the airport. It's it's absolutely wild to see this happening. Hey, if he assaulted somebody, then this that's a different story. But from what all those other reports are coming out saying that he didn't do anything and this is just stemming from a political uh, disagreement, essentially. So it's just wild to see this in uh, in this day and age. For sure. Really that wild from Russia that they, they, they do this, though? Well, I mean, if somebody's going to do it, it's going to be Russia. From my understanding, they also take money off the players so they can support their uh, Olympic, you know, up and coming and hockey up and coming. I, I wouldn't face me if that's actually truthful or not. So you're saying they kind of tax them? Yeah. Like the, the, they're not the NHL, but the KHL players or maybe right. the NHL players as well. Right. They kind of tax them and say, you need to pay X yep. amount so that the grassroots programs are still good to go. That's right. Hmm. That's an interesting way to get some money for the, for the grassroots programs. And is that widely accepted or? I, like I said, I, I, I have no idea if that, if that's truthful or not, but it wouldn't shock There's me if they are doing that to them. There, bud. Why not? You do it or you die. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> You never know. You never know. Never know. Well, if I mean, if it's going down to the like again with the politics, really don't want to get involved into that aspect of it. But that, that wouldn't shock me if they are doing that to their players as well. Yeah. So last one, Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, the Leafs played, uh, but they played without Austin Matthews. He is out with a wrist injury that apparently has been uh, nagging and bothering him all season long. Which is surprising because he's been lighting the league on fire this year and doesn't look like his wrist has anything wrong with it. Imagine what he could be doing with a healthy wrist. I think it was the shove upon the back when he hit the boards. Is yeah, what aggravated sure. it. For sure, that's what aggravated it. You can see he went into the boards hard uh, after that rush, and uh, yeah, that aggravated his wrist, and now he missed last night's game. Uh, we're not sure yet if he's playing tomorrow. At least I haven't seen. I, I'm assuming he will be, but we don't know yet. And... Um, it doesn't matter anyway because the Leafs uh, handily took care of Edmonton last night without him. Now, I don't know if that'll happen again. It's, uh, you're always playing with fire when you're playing Edmonton. You pissed off Dreisaitl is what they did. So we'll see uh, We'll see what happens and we'll keep an eye on uh, on that wrist injury. And hopefully it doesn't bother him too much and he can uh, can stay on the road to 50. So Josh can win his, uh, his bold prediction. Fuck yeah. Ain't going to happen. He still has 18 right now. Still in the lead. By quite a bit, I think, still. By four, yeah. But just because he's in the lead doesn't mean he's going to get to 50. Right. He's going to get to 50 because he's awesome and he's going to get to 50. In what? Overtime <laughs> game. <Yeah. laughs> to win the game. <laughs> yeah. He's got, I guess, now four, 54 games, assuming he did, plays in all the rest. He's got it. It would be a feat for sure. Next, His first game back, he's scoring two. No problem. Oh, probably. Yeah, write, write it down. I don't even know if that's that hot of a take. <laughs> no, it's not really. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take a quick little break now and announce something a little bit different. We are planning a giveaway. Our friends at Murphy's Law Moonshine Distillery have generously uh, provided us with a variety pack containing 10 moonshine flavors, ranging from their apple pie to their extremely spicy pepper shine. 
And on top of that, we're going to be adding a uh, brand new set of points and penalties branded beer koozies. So that while you listen to the podcast, you can keep your beer nice and cold. So we will be releasing some posts on social media in the next couple of days, probably the day this podcast is released, actually. To enter this contest, this giveaway, um, you just need to reply to one of those posts on either Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and give us a review of what you think of the podcast so far, and include the hashtag points and penalties pod, and give us a follow on either Twitter and Instagram, or like our Facebook page. So look forward to seeing that. The contest will close on uh, midnight on March 13th, so make sure you get your review in before then. And must be 19 years of age and no purchase necessary. Yeah, and if you're wondering what all these uh, flavors of the moonshine are, uh, you can listen back through the rest of our previous episodes. As Kevin has drank most of them on the show, you'll get his take on what they taste like. From what I've had, I haven't had all of them, but from what I've had, they are pretty damn tasty. Uh, I especially like the caramel one. Yeah, and just to mention, these guys, we love these guys. They're, so at the height of at the start of the pandemic, they actually shut down their moonshine production and converted it into producing uh, hand sanitizer to assist in uh, in the relief efforts when there's a hand sanitizer shortage. So these guys are uh, great for the community. They make good stuff. Check them out. Yeah, it's a great initiative uh, that they did there. And like, like, like you said, Peter, they're helping us out here with a little giveaway. Can't do anything but wish them the best. Uh, we can't wait for this giveaway and to get some of these reviews uh, from you guys to see how we can improve the show or if we're absolutely perfect, you guys love us. We don't need to change a damn thing. So again, you'll see more information uh, about the draw itself uh, on these Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter posts. So you'll have all the details there. Uh, and again, they'll be out when this podcast is released. So once you hear it, It'll be ready to go and you'll be able to review, like, follow, and do all that ch- jazz to get entered in and hopefully win this variety pack and some points of penalty swag. I'm a little jealous. I wish I could win it. Yeah, me too. Variety pack is very good. I've, I've had some prior to the show, but I, I can't I can't resist myself. There was only that, that variety pack was only meant for the show. Sorry, guys. It, it didn't now make now it. you're hooked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of Murphy's Law switching to sanitizer over the pandemic because of COVID-19, COVID-19 has run to the NBA and to the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam and five other coaches, including Nick Nurse, have been sidelined due to the NBA's COVID protocols. Uh, The interim head coach will be Sergio Scariolo. I hope I said that right. He's got 25 years of experience coaching and is currently the head coach of the Spanish national team. So I don't think there's going to be a problem here. It's pretty much just going to be a seamless transition. Obviously, uh, Nick Nurse and the other coaches can still be involved in game planning and all that stuff. They just can't be at the facility or what have you. So it would just be more Zoom meetings, Zoom calls to get all the info through to to Sergio. Uh, After winning on Friday night versus Houston, Lowry said, it's a 3-0 week. I mean, they got to win three games for their interim head coach here because they've lost Pascal and they've lost all these coaches. So they, they got to go out and they got to get three wins for the team. And uh, hopefully everybody can get back on, on board. Kyle, in that game on Friday, being that it was Gariolo's NBA win, 
he kept the ball for him as a memento and we'll obviously give it to him uh, obviously he did it on Friday night now Kyle Lowry wanted to be a player coach for the game but uh, there were some issues with that the CBA there's some you know like I said there's some issues and whatnot so that didn't end up end up happening Kyle like I said Kyle wanted to but couldn't do it so now Pascal for I'm not sure why Pascal is out as opposed to these other coaches, but Pascal is out for three games, which ends up being over the all-star break. And the earliest he can return is March 11th. And it ha- obviously has to have a negative test. So it's kind of odd that he has to sit out three games, but they haven't specifically said that the coaches have to sit out three games. So now maybe they do. And I just misread that, but from what I've seen, nothing said anything about the, the coaches missing three games. So. And while Siakam's out, the Raps li- likely start Boucher or Bembry, depending on the opponent. Uh, and I'm sure they'll do fine. The Raps have been pretty good as of late, if I'm not mistaken. They're in fourth place right now, still at 500. But definitely not down in a basement like they used to be. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, because we just found out today that they actually canceled tonight's game because they had a, uh, I guess the, I don't know if Siakam has a, actual positive now or we don't really know what's going on but they didn't have the minimum required eight players to be able to play today um so yeah it'll be interesting to see when they get back to playing and if the coaches are there and and just how this shakes out yeah hopefully they can they can keep playing but who knows yeah I don't, did they say that uh, siakam had COVID or was it just protocols is what I'm reading or what I think I see. And what I saw was that he had a inconclusive rapid test and that they were getting a PCR test, which is, you know, non-rapid, I guess, uh, but they couldn't get it in time for the last game. That's why he sat out. But as of now, I'm not sure if he has had that positive test or if he was just in close contact with somebody, uh, which it kind of sounds like it might be a coach that has it and he was just in close contact. Okay. Which would mean why um, Nurse wasn't there on uh, right, Friday. which would explain why all the all the fucking coaches aren't there, right? <laughs> Sticking with the NBA, Jeremy Lin has spoken out about being called "quote unquote" coronavirus in a G League game. Uh, now the G League is opening an investigation into Lin's comments, but he said as he was on the court, uh, one of the players, you know, called him coronavirus, which obviously is extremely disrespectful and extremely stupid, but it just kind of brings to light that, you know, racism is, is alive and well everywhere and no person is exempt from potentially having to go through racism of some sort. Jeremy Lin is a, is an Asian American. And again, he's, he's a, he's a NBA veteran and he's still dealing with racism and it's it's got to stop. It's got to absolutely stop. Yeah, for sure. We all love a bit of good trash talk on the court or on the podcast, but it's got to. They got to. You guys got to be better and not bring race into it. You're professionals out there, man. Like, come on, yeah. makes me sick. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is. And, you know, Lynn has spoken out more uh, recently about you know racism in general or, or sorry in regards to the asian community and how they have been dealing with violence against them as many other cultures are but it, this is just bringing it to light now that asians are, are being discriminated against as well uh type thing which i think we've all known that 
uh, every, you know, lots and lots of pretty well when it comes down to it, every race and religion is some point going to be a victim of racism. And as you said, Peter, like not just the players, but we all, we all need to be better. You know, it's, it's bullshit. Just go out there, play some basketball. If you want to chirp him, chirp him about his stupid shoes or, you know, yeah. he's got a dumb hair haircut. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, man. A good trash talker doesn't need to talk about your mama and he doesn't need to talk about your race or religion. So to me that this guy's an amateur trash talker. If they, Jeremy Lin didn't say who it was, whether he knows who it was or not, it could have been as they were running up the court and somebody could have said, could have said this, but they need to nail this guy, whoever it was and, and set an example here. And I know it's just in the G league, but that is going to resonate throughout the rest of sports. If this guy gets the book thrown at him, if they potentially know who it is. The investigation's going on about that. And Lynn says he's not naming or shaming anyone at all. Right. Good for him. Well, good for him too, though. I mean, that, that's professional in my mind. Yeah, he wanted to bring it to light that this happened. And he, he like, I don't even know if he really wants an investigation because he doesn't want anyone's career to get ended from it. But for sure, but he just, he wants everyone to know that it is out there and that it's not right to be saying that, which he's absolutely right. But he doesn't want to ruin anyone's career. Good for him. The and that, like I said, that, yeah, well, at the gentleman who did it, yes, it goes to show that uh, Lynn, what, what, what a character. I mean, as you can tell, he is a, he's a vet. Remember Lynn Sanity? Him. Yeah, man. <laughs> Lynn Sanity, yeah. He did not take off when he started, didn't he? Uh, eight good years, I believe it was in the NBA. NBA champion Jeremy Lynn, by the way. So in other NBA news and kind of in soccer news, Zlatan Ibrahimovic tells LeBron James to stick to sports. Ibrahimovic criticized LeBron, LeBron and others for their activism and speaking out on different topics and, and different social injustices and so on and so forth. He's telling LeBron and these others to do what you're good at. He says that he plays football because I'm the best or, or he's the best at playing football. And then it's the first mistake people do once they get famous is that they get into these political situations. Just stay out of it. Just do what you're best at because it doesn't look good. Now, originally this was going to be in my penalty box and Zlatan was going to be in there. Uh, I decided that it was just, it should be NBA news because although I can share up Zlatan here and I'm going to, because you as a soccer player, you as an NBA player, you as a celebrity of any sort need to use your platform. You need to use your voice to get people to do things. Look at what, Colin Kaepernick has done bringing all kinds of social injustice uh, issues to light. Now that man has taken a hit to his career because of it. And he likely never play in the NFL again. And LeBron James is bigger than Colin Kaepernick. He is the face of the NBA. And if, if he is passionate enough about something to speak out about it, then he should, and he should use that platform. LeBron says that he would never shut up about things that are wrong and there's no way he would ever just stick to sports because he understands his platform and how powerful his own voice is. And it's, that's a perfect response to it. I, I'm patting LeBron on the back for this one. He's in and out of my penalty box. I chirp him every week, but this time he gets a high five because I, I agree with him wholeheartedly here. Zlatan is in the wrong and he himself needs to use his, his platform. Now I find it's a probably, probably a little different 
in Europe and in soccer because there are so many different uh, nationalities and cultures on one team where, especially in the NBA, it's probably 70% American dominated. So when it comes to any, any American political issues, it's going to be an issue in the NBA where a political issue in another country may not be as big of an issue within a soccer team because there are so many different nationalities. Yeah. So I like, I like part of the response that LeBron made that he is very well educated on the issues that he's talking about and he knows what's going on and he's not just talking out of his ass. And so maybe Zlatan doesn't understand that, but I think to Zlatan's point, I think he's just sort of trying to say that if you're not an expert on something, you shouldn't be talking about it because you might cause misinformation. But LeBron knows what he's talking about. He's fully aware of the situation uh, in the States and I guess the world right now on these social issues he's talking about. So I agree. I, I think I think LeBron is, is definitely right here that he should continue to use his influence and his platform to push the right message out to the world. Right. Speaking of that misinformation and everything like that, like politicians are no better sending out misinformation. Like it, it, it goes, yeah, yeah, they do it exactly sometimes. To, to charge our narrative. Right. So it's LeBron does his homework and everything like that. And I really think uh, this whole stay in your lanes thing is uh, a little bit, a little miss, miss. Like, I don't get what he's saying when he's saying stay in your lane, when you want to do better in life and everything like that. Like you got to try and try and change the narrative of, of certain people's opinions when you have the following that LeBron has. Even Ibrahimovic has, has a huge following too. And what he's saying is it is what it is. He, he doesn't care. Like he thinks that people that play their sport should just stay in their sport and not do it at all. Like I have no opinion on it at all. At all. But with social media, you can, you can do that. You can have an opinion on everything. Yeah, I think he's Ibrahimovic is is saying that you need to like stay, like I said, stay in your lane, stay out of out of the you know mainstream media when your opinion is about that because it it could potentially harm uh, your following. But the cases, you know, the things that LeBron are talking about, I really don't think it's going to hurt him at all. Like you said, he's very smart. He knows what he's doing. And like I said, I think Zlatan's in the wrong here. I I think LeBron has got to speak out continually and i think other other players of his stature in the nba and other sports need to use their platform and their voice more to get the social injustice and and any other issues uh out there it doesn't necessarily have to be a social you know social issue but lebron's going to keep doing what he does it's, it's not going to change so getting a little bit of flack from ibrahimovic isn't going to change lebron whatsoever and he i, I mean it's partially because we're in North America, but LeBron's going to say Ibra who? Yeah, he's just rubbing him off his shoulders. He's like, what? What? Who? What are you talking about? I mean, that doesn't mean that Ibrahimovic isn't a huge star because he is, but Ibra who? Yeah. 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 Like, it wouldn't surprise me if worldwide Ibrahimovic has a lot more followers than LeBron probably does just because soccer is a massive global sport. Like, I think I saw a comparison of, like, Brady's followers compared to Ronaldo's and that's a different story because Ronaldo is I think the most followed in fucking Instagram or something but but it was like fucking way more for Ronaldo like you said it's more global yeah 
there's lots of basketball around, but not like there's soccer. So it's definitely yeah. more global. So he, there he go, he has even more of a voice and he should be potentially using that, but he just wants to stay under the radar and coast along. So my, my question is that how many people would be, you know, kind of making a little upset here when we say soccer? I mean, it, football. It, is, it is football, right? Football. Yes. I, I don't think many of our international listeners are going to care. Well, I'm not just talking international listeners. I'm just talking about our soccer listeners in general. It's fucking soccer in North America. <laughs> here's, the, here's the issue, Kev. They're not going to know whether we're talking about football or football. Yeah. <laughs> to right. avoid confusion. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Soccer, for, it for is. For clarity's then. sake, it's soccer. It's soccer, it is. Okay. By the way, just to quickly interject, the Blue Jays won their uh, opening game 6-4. Nice. Nice. Beauty. Definitely winning the World Series now, right, Kev? I feel you, bud. <laughs> On the right track. Here we go. Doesn't count yet, but whatever. Well, it's Grapefruit League. It's all right. It's uh, The boys gelled today. They got their first W. They gelled today. They're all happy. World Series trophy coming up next. Here we come. <laughs> so going to NFL, uh, Big Ben went to the Pittsburgh Steelers and said that he will restructure as he is due $41.25 million this year to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they have to re- restructure him because they're well over the cap and they can't really cut him or trade him because he's going to be the, – the dead money is – $22.25 million. So I don't know what they're going to do here. I What I'm reading is that I don't even know if uh, Pittsburgh even wants him to come back kind of thing like that. But uh, Big Ben's going to do, or Ben Roethlisberger is going to do what he can to stay on the Steelers team. Because I think he sees how how good this defense is. How he, he wants to try for another Super Bowl. Because like his, uh, they started out 11-0 and near the, the end of the, year it was just a downhill just straight downhill yeah like he had for sure he had a lot of yards in that cleveland playoff game but he also had a lot of turnovers don't they pretty much have to keep him though because of because of that dead cap hit how do you just release you're still going to have that dead cap hit if you release him and which is what i'm thinking is they might try and force him either into retirement or they take this uh restructured deal but if he doesn't want to retire he's not going to retire you know exactly it could be it could get pretty bad there in uh, Pittsburgh, which also could lead to, like, JJ uh, Watt, per se. Like, why he doesn't want to go there? They they have a lot of cap issues and everything like that, and he they don't know if they can afford him or anything like that, and they don't their quarterback isn't that as good as he what he used to be. Like he's thirty nine years old, right? So definitely not. But he's better than Mason Rudolph. They don't really have anybody better than Ben. At this point, I, I, so I agree. I, they're in a tough spot. Well, it's good that Ben is okay with restructuring his contract, you know, especially if it was more incentive based. That really because the incentives don't go against your cap, I don't think so. Then that, that could be huge, you know. And if he throws for 4,000 yards, then he gets you know three million dollars or whatever. Obviously, that, <laughs> that is just speculative, but I think that's kind of what they have to do. And if they can get him to restructure down to a point where they can re-sign some other guys and maybe bring in some others then they definitely still have an opportunity to be super bowl contenders absolutely is he doing is he doing it to get jj he's doing it to stay on the stay on the team i think but he still wouldn't do that i just it's not just stay on the team but do that to kind of free up 
for JJ? Maybe. Well, not necessarily for JJ, but for somebody or for people in general. Right. The Steelers just don't seem interested that like, in him just, and it's, I purely think it's money based because of how much money he's supposed to earn. I don't think so. I think it has to do because we already got fucking two of them. Why do we need three? Two of what? Two what? In Pittsburgh? Oh, sorry. We're talking about you. Yeah. Well, yeah, we already have both his brothers playing there, don't they? Oh, like, I wow. see what you're saying. Fuck, I thought you were talking about trophies. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, I mean, like they're probably sitting there saying, we already have two watts. Why do we need a third? Because this one of the them best is watt. Is, yeah. uh, like, <laughs> and one of them's a fullback that plays, you know, 50% of the snaps all year. So right. maybe. <laughs> right. They run a lot of trip sets there. So yeah, like he, he didn't have a bad season. Uh, 300 three, or 3,800 yards which wasn't, isn't a lot actually in a passing league anymore, but 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, pretty good. Um, I think it's more or less on the recency bias than how bad he did in Cleveland. Sorry, in Pittsburgh. They played in Pittsburgh, but against Cleveland. Right. Well, I don't think they have a choice. I think they've got to restructure this deal and roll with Ben for one more year, uh, or it might end up being two years, depending on how it gets restructured, right? But you can also make changes so that you're, cap will be better in better shape next year so maybe you don't necessarily have to roll with them maybe you can buy them out then and then there would be as much of a dead cap hit but i think this year you got to roll them and i think he's the best option and you give juju the ball that's, that's what you got to do and you got to run they need to run the ball more they really do challenge oh. juju's a free agent bud no oh. is he actually a free agent just like fucking ty ty yeah fuck sakes <laughs> josh you're up one bro you're up one now now you're just you're back to zero on this. No, one. I'm I mean, still low. I'm still down. Yeah, yeah. One. Right. But I'm saying as is this episode, you were up one and now you're yeah. back into the, you know, I'm still up one. He doesn't want to leave though. No. He says he wants to retire a Steeler. So but he's a he's a free agent right now. Hmm. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mr. JJ. Speaking of him, he's looking to he's got down dwindled down to a few teams now. Uh, Green Bay, Bills, Tennessee. Peter's pretty pumped for that. Um, yeah, they're all contenders for sure. It'll be interesting how uh, where he'll go, and he, he's obviously there's a lot of misinterpreting what he's saying. Josh, what did he say? Uh, you you said it was something about Cleveland. Well, he might. I mean, that's been part of the. Uh... I thought you said there there was like a, a mis, uh, misunderstanding of that. Of the. Oh, there uh. was. He <laughs> sent out a random tweet that something about a mitochondria. I don't know. He was. He's him and TJ have been messing with people on Twitter. He said something about a mitochondria, and then other people are just tweeting back and saying, "Well, there's a C in mitochondria, so he's playing for <laughs> Cleveland." Oh, that's what it was. Just okay. just goofy things like that, like just random taking a shot at trying to decipher what these random tweets are, are meanings. But uh, no, I don't think there's any, I think he's gone from a dozen teams that were initially in the hunt for him. And I we're down to three, four, five teams. I think that, uh, that are you know, on the actual hunt where he's actually interested in playing. Did anyone see anything else besides uh, Tennessee, Buffalo, Green Bay, and no. Cleveland? I, I, I just like to see him go to Buffalo. Wouldn't that be amazing? JJ Watt out in Buffalo. Yeah, or Tennessee, you know. No, 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 no. I didn't say anything about Tennessee. <laughs> I said Buffalo. I just know that if I had the Twitter following or whatever that they had, 
I would probably have a ton of fun like they are just tweeting random shit and watching the people try and dissect it down to the minutia of what is he, what's the riddle, what are they trying to say? Exactly. And they're probably just sitting in their living room just like, yeah, I'm going to tweet some random shit, see what people say. (laughs) Yeah, that... I can't remember which one it was. It might have been, it was probably JJ. He posted on his Insta or whatever uh, a video of TJ uh, shoveling a laneway, like a sidewalk type thing in front of a house. So there's all <laughs> kinds of speculation. Is it TJ's house uh, that he's, he's shoveling or is it somewhere in, I think they were talking about uh, Chicago because I believe his JJ's wife lives in Chicago or his girlfriend, whatever. Uh, so you know who knows there was all kinds of things like oh it's buffalo it's it's pittsburgh and like you said they're just having a fun time and they're they're just sitting back laughing at everybody on twitter and and the world trying to like you said dissect these crazy tweets and and these posts and see what's going on but uh it'll be interesting to see where he goes whoever gets them is gonna definitely be a stronger defensive team no question about it so with the uh scotty's tournaments of hearts I do understand that we're going to have Alberta, Alberta face Canada, which Alberta skip would be Walker, and the Canadian skip would be Aaron Aronson. Einerson. Yes, thank you. Right now, I believe that uh, Walker beat Jones out on the uh, tiebreaker, nine to eight. So they're ready to do that semifinal. I believe that Ontario skip uh, Holman is uh, just waiting for either those. Uh, game to finish with uh, Alberta Canada because she got a buy into the finals that should be uh, played around 8:30 tonight so Ontario's in the finals with a buy waiting yes and Alberta and Canada have to play to get to the final that's right and there I guess okay. and Alberta only got there they had to go through a tiebreaker against Manitoba that's right against uh, Jones uh, skip so through the round robin type thing, the top three teams would normally go through. The top team would get a bye to the final. The next two would play in the semis. But because there was two teams tied for third place, they would do the tiebreaker. The winner there then goes to the semis. Obviously, then the winner there goes to the finals to place to face uh, Ontario, which is Rachel Holman. Yep. So Ontario was ten and two. Canada was ten and two. But I believe Ontario beat Canada in the round robin, so they have the tiebreaker there putting them into first place, pushing them right to the final. Then, like Kev said, Canada was waiting for the winner of the tiebreaker, which was Manitoba, Alberta. Alberta wins. And and now is it, it's going on right now, isn't it? It might be over, actually. It's, it should be on right now. It'll be damn close. So uh, whoever is the winner of Canada, Alberta, will go to, like Kev said, the final tonight at 8.30, and we'll see the, uh, the Scotties Tournament champion. It won't be Jennifer Jones this year. She lost out there. She's the Manitoba team, so she lost out in the tiebreaker. She's a six-time champion. She would have been a seven-time champion had she won, and she would have been the only woman to do it. But evidently, that's not happening because she lost to Walker and Alberta. Yeah, but Jennifer did uh, break a, a thing here at Scotty's with a 153rd career win, and that was over, uh, I believe, Newfoundland. Newfoundland and Labrador against uh, Sarah Hill. Was a six to five win? Yeah, she won on Tuesday and she passed Colleen Jones. Yeah. Was that the most all time career wins? Yep. Yep. Nice. Now, is that good question? Is that all time like career wins? Because that doesn't seem like enough. Or is that just Scotty's wins? I believe that is, I would say that Scotty's wins. It's just at the Scotty's. It says, Congratulations to Jennifer Jones on setting the record for the most career wins. At the Scotty's? Okay. Yeah. So at the Scotty's. So that's a lot, you know? 
you've been playing a long time and you've been winning a lot. And obviously she's a six-time national champ. So that means she's won this tournament six times. Yeah, but she's tied, right? There's been another, uh, there's been right, two people she's tied still, at six. The re- she's, she's tied, yeah. she's holding yeah. the record with those other two. So would have been cool to see That's her right. win and be the uh, the seventh. But what's equally as cool is uh, Rachel Holman is eight months pregnant. Yeah, buddy. And she's, uh, she's got her team in the finals uh, ready to win this thing. So that, that's kind of cool too. Well, let's hope, you know, that, uh, you know, when, when she wins, because uh, I've had uh, colleagues here uh, who I talk to with in regards to my curling. I have one taking Holman, which is, uh, you know, the eight months pregnant. And I have uh, my other consultant uh, taking uh, Aronson to do so it would be you good to wait, see those got two curling play. insiders <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah i got two damn i got two damn. i got two of them that's two more than i had <laughs> yeah. at all <laughs> also just throw this out there if the eight months pregnant woman wins she's got to name the kid scotty right if it's a dude yeah well it if it's a dude, yeah. even if it's a girl, just it's Scotty. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like that. Could, you can make that a unisex name. Don't you think sure. there'll be lots of uh, like lots of songs being sung? Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> Don't tell Scotty. <laughs> Daddy, yeah. Well, they're also getting ready for the men's uh, starting on Friday, which is the Briar, which is the uh, I feel the better curling. I so mean, you're not like Jesse? Nah, yeah. I mean, curling's curling, but I'd rather you know watch more of a strategic kind of style. I mean, I think that sometimes these ladies just throw out the rocks to to cover and play a little slower where the guys are just going to go out there and just, it's going to be quicker, quicker matches with the men's than it is the ladies. But is it more strategic? Yes. Ladies, ladies are a little bit more putting up safeties and, and stuff. So you're saying that there's, they're putting up more guards to try. Huh? That's interesting. I would say that they're equally as strategic because it's the same game and you're still, you're, you're trying to get to the same goal, right? Uh, I just prefer the the men's game because it just, to me, feels more of a, a game than it is watching the ladies. Not that I don't want to hear hurry and up and hards and such, so you, but so you like watching the men yeah. because it's more of a game and Jesse likes to watch the women because they're women. <laughs> I'm with Jesse. I just like curling in general. I don't, I don't care. Any, any news in golf there, Kev, other than Mr. Tiger Woods? Uh, we do have the uh, well, the Canadian one, the RBC, would uh, most likely. Not saying it's gonna, it's not gonna happen, but it is right now. It's likely not gonna happen for the second year in a row, and I believe they're they're stopping that only because they're kind of requesting over close to four hundred people. That's including uh, your players, your your uh, caddies, your technicians, and uh, your uh, officials. They don't want to have that amount of people come over all at once in regards to a. Come over, meaning the border. Right. Yeah, they're they're most of them don't want to come over the border for three weeks just for a week tournament because they're gonna to have to sit for two because of quarantine and then play one week of a, a tournament. So most likely, I don't see the RBC happening just because of the our I believe our Canadians don't want to have them all crossing the border all at once. Could they not just do it with just Canadians that are here? It wouldn't be as prestigious, but at least it could go ahead. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have any uh, spectators. It's hard to hard to say. I don't know. Are, are, have there been spectators in the U.S.? Um, only from the the backgrounds in regards to uh, what is it now? Like if the people's properties li- are on oh, that. So they're not course, actually so. letting. They're not selling tickets. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think so. I don't think there's still any uh, spectators or such on the course at all. That just leads into like what uh, 
Peter was saying that about maybe the Jays coming to the Rogers Center sometime in the summertime. If that's the case, what you're saying is, I'm assuming, I don't know when the RBC is supposed to be actually playing. I think it's in June. Right. So what Peter was saying was there might be games for the MLB, for the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto. Yeah. But if they're saying that to stay for two weeks, how can they do that in Toronto if they're going to do the same yeah, thing exactly. here they with can. the RBC? So, yeah, by June, like we're all in doom and gloom mode right now, but by June – the situation with COVID-19 might be a lot better than it is right now. And the mandatory two week quarantine might get axed. That's the only way that either MLB or, um, or golfers or whatever are able to come and actually play in Canada is if the mandatory two week quarantine goes away, which I think by June, it probably will. Cause if last year was any indication, the, the cases in the summertime drastically drop and vaccinations are ramping up slowly in this country, but they're ramping up and maybe June's a bit early to be honest, but I think uh, at some point in the summer, it'll probably go away. The two week quarantine. I think the RBC will be there. I think that's just, it's just too money, too much money to allow get away from, from the PGA. So I, I think they'll they'll have it and they'll say come at your own risk. So if people don't want to come and wait for those three weeks, then uh, well, who's looking then at against like whoever the shows PGA up? Or, or the Canadian government or the? I think the Canadian government was in regards to like you know allowing them over the border. Yeah, like it's definitely possible. Like the I think the city of Toronto canceled all uh, events up until I think Labor Day or something like that. So yeah, it's it's definitely possible that it gets canceled. We just have to wait and see. I don't think restrictions are going to be lifted that quickly. I think number we just got out of lockdown numbers are starting to go back up again already. No, I mean, I don't think they're at number the numbers that they were at before, but I just don't see unless it drastically drops in numbers. I can't see the border restrictions being lifted. I can't see the non quarantine thing going to happen. I think you're going to see the Jays are going to be in the U S for the entire season based on these border restrictions and these numbers. I don't think they're going to stop too much, to be honest. They're going to, I think they're going to stay where they are unless you lock us down completely where we can't do a damn thing. Like literally can't do a damn thing. They're still going to be around. And I don't think that there's going to be much of a change from getting people in and out of the country. Well, first of all, you're just a fucking down. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have a sip of beer. It'll cheer you up. And um, I think like the seasonal effect is significant. Like when windows start opening and fresh air starts flowing through buildings and uh, people go outside more often, it has a significant effect. And that's why flu season is when flu season is. So, you know, I'm hopeful. We'll see what happens. It'll all be a wait and see kind of thing. I guess we can head into our penalty boxes here, I guess, boys. So who do we have in your box there, Peter? My box is Big Save Dave, Dave Riddick. So this guy, he looks like fucking Dominic Hasek against the Leafs. Hands them their first shutout of the season. Then he lost to them in overtime. Uh, I think that was on Wednesday. Two goals by Nylander. But just played great in both games. Looked like a fantastic world beater of a goalie against one of the league's top offenses, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Then he goes and plays Ottawa. And he gives up four goals one of which being a shot that was outside of the blue line. Maybe that's what the Leafs didn't try, but they should have. I don't know. Shooting from 
near Sunrise. It's not a high percentage there, but I guess I guess that was the key. So anyway, he got pulled out of that game, and um, he was upset about getting pulled out of that game. So as he was uh, leaving and going back to the dressing room, he decided to make himself nicely acquainted with a concrete block wall and gave it a nice headbutt on his way to the room. So wonderful video if you watch it. I watched it about four <laughs> times. I swear. <laughs> Hopefully he didn't give himself a concussion or something stupid, but I don't think so because he played against it since then. But anyway, he's in my box for that reaction and for playing lights out against the Leafs and then just completely dropping the ball against the Senators. Yeah, the worst team in the league. They were the worst team in the league. Actually, they may be crawling out of that hole by now. They've been playing well. Are they? So Montreal then would probably be. Uh... <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Meh, that's who's in my box. Josh, who's in yours? I got a fun one this week. On Tuesday, the Denver Nuggets made history by recording only one turnover in their 111-106 win over Portland. Jamal Murray, our Kitchener boy, made that one turnover. So he's in my box for making it. Now, obviously, one turnover during the game. This really is no reason to be in anybody's penalty box, but I got to give this guy <laughs> a little bit of hell just because he's from Kitchener here. You know, you're the only guy that turned the ball over in the whole game. That is absolutely incredible. I, I can't believe that the team was able to do that, but uh, it, was, it was just kind of funny that it was Jamal Murray, one of their better players, and he makes the turnover. But like I said, they did get the record, and so now they are the top dog. And the previous record for turnovers or for minimal turnovers was two by five different teams. The Bucks in 06, the Cavs in 09, the Thunder in 13, the Hornets in 2017. And actually this year, the Suns, January 9th of 2021. So kind of crazy that the, the Suns were able to tie and then now the Nuggets so, so soon after uh, able to break the, the record of two turnovers to now the one. And like I said, I just thought it was pretty funny that it was Jamal Murray, one of their better players that got that turnover. Uh, he said in response to hearing that he got the turnover, he said, I'm sick. I'm sick. He was, yeah. he just couldn't believe it. He was sick to his stomach type thing that he made that turnover. And so for fun this week, he's in my box because how do you make the turnover when the rest of your team doesn't? No, it's like that video. When I saw that too, where he's like, you're asking him, you know, who was the turnover? He's like, well, who exactly. was it? And they mentioned who was it. Well, I said, well, the box me? score says it was you. And he throws his head back. Oh, I'm ah. sick. <laughs> that was yeah, my was, favorite part it was of that. Funny. So, so he's in my box. But Kev, who's in your box? I've got uh, Jordan Pennington. He gets pulled at, uh, what is it? Uh, nine point or nine minutes and 26 seconds remaining in the second. Starting to this, his last three games, he was 0-3-0. His goals against, man, he's like given up close to like four goals. So he's like, what, uh, 3.2. So he's like getting pretty close to averaging close to four goals a game. It just, just goes off his rocker. He gets pulled and he he goes back and he gives, uh, who is it now, uh, two defensemen. He gives us um, Simic, number 51, gives him a shove and then rolls over and close to the center ice and goes to do a, like a shadow punch, fake punch to Carlson, which, you know, he should have got two for flinching. Um, <laughs> and then rolls, rolls on through because they're playing in San Jose that you had to go at the further end of the arena to, to leave. And it does he not get into doobie doobie doo gets right into the dublick and just starts shoving and pushing and gets into a, a little, a bit of an altercation there. Uh, almost a goalie fight. Oh, almost. Oh, I was hoping. I was hoping. 
Uh, Evander Kane actually said he's lucky he wasn't on the ice. And I do believe that because if Evander Kane was on the ice, I mean, this could have been a, a branch brawl or at least a good five on five hockey scrap with the goalies involved. I think that would have been Evander amazing. Kane needs to know his role, man. He's got enough issues with his bankruptcy and whatnot. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's why he said he was lucky he wasn't on the ice. Uh, but, but it's just for a guy to go through like this to kind of reminds me of Draymond Green. Maybe they can get in contact with each other's doctors here, you know, <laughs> get that anger management started again. It was just, it was just too funny to sit there and watch that. That's why, you know, I have uh, Bennington in my penalty box. When was the last uh, goalie versus goalie fight? Oh. I didn't have it, was, it was last year, Calgary and Edmonton. Oh, it was last yeah. year? Okay. Was that with Smith? Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard one for a while. So I was just curious. Uh, who's, who's in my penalty box is Pete Carroll. Now, there's been a lot of issues uh, the last two weeks with uh, Russell Wilson going public with how he feels the offense of the team and how much he's being hit. So Pete Carroll's in my penalty box because it would seem, from what I've heard, and I'm just going to quote Colin Cowherd, that he has more power than John Schneider. And it just so happened after the death of uh, Paul Allen, who was the owner of the Seahawks. His sister took over, and I guess Pete Carroll is the main man there. He makes most of the top decisions for everything that goes around. And the whole thing being is they haven't really why he's really my penalty box is because his Russell Wilson has been amazing. Really, like he he was halfway through the season this year, he was in the MVP uh, vote, and then they just just fell off the wagon. Like really started doing pretty bad and everything like that. And the word is, is he's, it's because they, he had a bad game. And then right after that, he gave him one more game and it didn't pick up. And they went back to the offense of running the ball a lot. Now, my issue is here with uh, Pete Carroll is Russell Wilson's been living up to the billing of being a franchise quarterback and a phenomenal player. Pete Carroll is a def- defensive minded coach. He hasn't had a top 10 defense in four years and this is this comes in the whole brady effect where he can like bring in people and they ask him for his opinion on people like he got gronk in who ended up being huge in the super bowl and they brought an ab which no one thought would even be playing this year but he had a touchdown in the super bowl too so what what i'm hearing is russell wilson wants to be in seattle but he wants to have some input on the offense. Now I heard he, the new coach offensive coordinator, uh, Shane Waldron from the Rams, he had a, a part in hiring him and everything like that, but he's had other suggestions. And apparently what he's saying is that this is a 1980s offense where they just run the ball constantly, except for the beginning of the year where they la- allowed him to let's rest cook. So that's why he's in my penalty box right now is because he has too much power and he's starting to lose his franchise quarterback because there seems to be a huge uh, QB carousel in uh, the NFL. And I believe, I believe Russell Wilson will play for the Seattle Seahawks this year, but I think he'll be at a different location next year. I I think he'll play for a different team. I hope that different team is Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, where do you see him going? If if that was the case for next year, where's he going? Well, like Vegas, he had, he has the, he has the no trade uh, clause, so he holds all the power. Right. 
So, yeah, the, there's four teams that he said he'd be willing to pl play for if, if he was traded, which was the Raiders, Saints, Bears, and Cowboys. Now, the only place I seem that would, like, be the best for uh, Russell Wilson would be Saints. The problem with that is that they have a lot of interest in Jameis Winston. They want to keep keep him on, and they want him at this point. If, if Breeze retires, they are looking to have him as their number one. Now, I realize that Russell Wilson is about 50 times better, but if they're, they're looking at that and if they sign Jameis this year or maybe extend, I don't know what his contract situation is like, but let, if they extend him or if he's got a fairly lucrative contract for, for a few years, it may not be worth their wild type thing to bring in Russ and then have Jameis sit on the bench again for all that money. Now, in a trade, it might end up, Jameis might end up going back the other way. I don't think Jameis is that great, so... For me, that's a lot, super loss by, by Seattle. You're losing one of these top MVP type quarterbacks and you're going to get an interception machine for that particular trade if, if Jameis were to go the other way. See, see I think uh, the Saints will go with Taysom. He's getting paid more money than, than Winston and everything like that. So I think they'll go with Taysom Hill more or less than so, Winston. So they're really? still going to have even more money sitting yeah, on the bench getting, then. He, no, they'll cut, they'll cut Winston. I don't know what they've ch they've checked. If they're going to keep Hill over Winston, and he's making more money. Then Winston or uh, Hill's going to sit on the bench behind Wilson. So now they've got even more money sitting down. Right. Yeah. Like they would have to get rid of the all these quarterbacks, like, and get like, and they're already over the cap by like, I, I, it's over forty million. I know. I, I I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but uh, it they are well into the well over the cap for the, the following year. So I. I'm saying from just a standpoint of Russell Wilson, I don't know why he would want to go to the Raiders. I can, I can kind of see Cowboys. I was going to say, yeah, the boys. I, I can see, I kind of can see Cowboys, but they're, they're Mark, Mike McCarthy's got a lot of work this year. And if he doesn't get it together, he might be fired because this team was good with Jason Garrett. Right. So what happens when he doesn't have a good season again? Well, the Cowboys are going to sign Dak. They're not going to. They're not going to mess around there. Is he going <laughs> to? What about that ankle, man? I've heard they're going to franchise him again. Really? Him again. Wow! But that just gives them another year that they can that they can work on a long term contract, right? I don't know if they if they franchise him again. I don't think I don't think he'll be signing with them because he he can make so much more money on the open market. So you think he's going to walk away from the franchise tag? No, he's going to take the franchise tag this this year, but the following year after that, you can't franchise. You can technically you can franchise tag him for a third time, but you're paying like over 140 percent of uh, the top five salaries in quarter. So they'd be better off to just sign him for a massive contract then. That's what they want to do now. They should do now, but he's injured now too, right? So they the Cowboys are a bit of a mess, and 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 what uh, Dak was doing, like they offered him a decent contract, but he wanted more. Like he off, they, they offered him a Jared Goff contract, more or less, like a little bit more than Jared Goff, which is usually the trend of what it's going. And then he wanted more. He wanted to be like what uh, Watson got, which was like $40 million. Oh, I would agree with him. I think he's way better than Goff. So I, I would expect him to want more. Like he was good this year, but he wasn't putting up wins. But you could also, you could blame the, yeah, the they defense. They didn't have an offensive form. line either this year. So. Yeah. For the Raiders, though, I mean, they still got to move Carr which I guess would be the odd guy going back the other way then, right? You, you got to assume that. Mm -hmm. Well, like the, there's been rumors out there that Carr might be getting yeah. chopped out anyways. 
I hope he goes to the Bears. I mean, obviously, I'm a Bears fan, and to to, to have an MVP quality quarterback uh, running your team, I heard he is kind of excited, or would be kind of excited to go to Chicago because he would get to transform the offense, basically, to base you know essentially what he wants and could potentially bring that Chicago offense maybe to greatness, you know, which I think would be great. They the problem is, yeah, they got a great defense but they're going to have to get rid of a piece of that defense to get Wilson. So, you know, they're looking at maybe trading Mac and a couple first round picks in order to get Wilson, uh, which is a tough goal. Right. But yeah, I accept to get rid of Mac. Wow. But then maybe, I don't know, maybe you could, could sign JJ Watt then. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows. Right. Wow. Yeah. But either way, I'd like to see him go to Chicago too, just because like one was the last time Chicago had a quarterback even close to that caliber. Jim McMahon. Yes, I was going to say McMahon. Like, that's the only one I can think of. Like, they, these guys have been desperate for a quarterback for yeah, eight decades. Like, Cutler could like, throw the ball, it's... but he could also throw a bunch of interceptions. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, like, the comparison there is nil, in my opinion. I, yeah, I, you get, like you said, probably probably McMahon. Um, yeah, like, like he he was never a top-10 quarterback at, no, at, at Chicago. Not. Top ten and, in interceptions. The problem. <laughs> the the problem with uh, I see with Chicago is it's no offense, Yosh, but uh, your your front office and your head coach is a bit of a mess. Absolutely, absolutely. Like they picked Trubisky, they they switched with uh, what was it Forty ers one pick because they thought Forty ers were going to take him. Oh, I know. How it does that bad. make sense? It's a clusterfuck, man. It was a clusterfuck. And the front end doesn't know how to build a team. Like, they're business people. They're not football people. So it's tough to win a to, – to build a contender when when you don't have football people in your organization. Now, obviously, they've been – you know, Virginia McCaskey has been around for 100 billion years, but that doesn't mean that she's a football person and that the others that she's hired are, tech, you know, are, are potentially football people. But and wherever he potentially goes, I kind of – I agree with you, Jess – I don't think he's going anywhere this year, but I could see next year being a, a different story. If they trade him this year, they will have $39 million in dead cap money if they trade him before uh, June 1st this year. So doing that, like that's a ridiculous amount of dead cap space. So I, I just don't think there's any way. I think they try and make him happy and maybe try and build around. We get, get a better offensive line, get some some better players around him on the offense and and then and try and make him happy and i think that's what you need to do this guy like he's like we've said he's an mvp player pete carroll needs to get out of your penalty box and he needs to get some shit done and, and talk to russell about how we can make this offense go and at the beginning of the year like you said he was throwing the ball downfield left right and center and and was doing great so why not go back to that especially when all your running backs are fucking injury prone every one of them and that that, that team is just like it, it's it, they said the offense was out of the 1980s and i'm not a huge fan of schottenheimer but i don't think he deserved that kind of criticism like he was a rams oc and i didn't mind him but he was he was also with jeff fisher at that time too so i think he was he was all right in average but he completely changed the game from what he has coached before because he was a running game guy and that's why carol wanted him and then they did the whole let russ cook thing and the whole thing with russ i throw out some stats there since he's been in the league since 2012 He's been sacked 394 times in the regular season. The next closest QB, I don't have a name here, but it says 325. 
Like it's, it's crazy how much he gets sacked. And it, it, he, he holds some of that uh, accountable to him because he does hold on to the ball a lot longer than a lot of players, but he's trying to make a play, mm. but he scrambles like crazy. Like just, just think what we just saw in the Super Bowl with Mahomes and how much he scrambled and everywhere around. Right. Like any quarterback, like if you have time to throw the ball, you're going to be better than if you're going to be uh, under pressure constantly. For sure. Anyway, so that so I the whole reason I'm we went into this was was because Pete Carroll and I think I think he needs to give up some power, more or less, and I think he needs to start listening to his quarterback and try and get his locker room back. I think that goes for a lot of teams too. Is your quarterback is the face of your franchise, and and for the most part, especially when you got you know one of those superstar type guys, you know you gotta you gotta kind of listen to him and see what he wants and what he feels, and try and make the best of the situation. But to lose a guy, you know, especially with like Deshaun Watson style or, or, or Russell Wilson style, to lose a guy potentially because you're not listening to him, you're not asking his advice, is it's asinine. Why wouldn't you talk to your, uh, to your centerpiece of your, of your offense? Yeah, it's not like superstar quarterbacks are fucking growing on trees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing, too, is like they lost 30 to 20 to – the Rams in the playoffs and they had a injured golf who had just had surgery and put two or three pins into his thumb 12 days prior plays. that won them the game that won him the game. And it just goes back to Carroll's defense. Like you gave up 30 points to a quarterback that could barely throw. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys watched that game. Yep. It was, it, there were some yeah. ugly yeah. ass balls. Like they wobbly. Couldn't even keep a spiral on those things. Some of them. So I think I'm even today, but Peter, do you got the uh, points for today? I've got what I think is right. I think I challenged Jesse out of the gate somewhere. Yep. With the Vladdy. Yeah, I won that, and he went lost that, so I'm up one. And then I lost one to both Kevin and Josh. Fuckers teamed up on me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Jesse won one against Josh uh, later on for uh, Juju Schuster. I think that's it. So me, me and Peter are even. I'm at zero. Kevin's plus one. Jesse's at zero. And Josh is at zero. So Kev, Kevin won the day, plus one. All the rest of us are neutral. So that brings the totals for this season to plus two for Peter, uh, minus one for Kevin, and minus two for Jesse and Josh. Still bringing up the rear. Not alone down there, though. No, no. I'm, I'm glad to be in, in second now, freely. Uh, I can't believe I fucked up on Juju. <laughs> Just like Jesse on with T.Y. Like... <laughs> hey, what goes around comes back around. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, Peter, while you're uh, while you're giving us the scores there, how was your drink? It was good. It's it's kind of hoppy, but, you know, I don't mind that. And it's, uh, it's a solid beer. It's got me feeling all fucking Hawaiian. Makes me want to take a vacation. What were you drinking again? It is a... It's empty for sure. Yeah, it's a Spearhead <laughs> Brewing Company Hawaiian style pale ale. Spearhead, where are they out of? Uh, apparently, it's Kingston crafted, so I'm assuming Kingston, but I have not looked it up. And uh, Kevin, how about you? How was your drink? Uh, uh, mine was great. I'm not really fond of you know some kind of a fruit in my beer, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, because I had three of the Gretzky's, uh, 99, which is also out of Niagara on the lake. It was very good. I mean, uh, so you had three different beers today. Yes. Holy! Yes. All Gretzky's. All Gretzky's. Huh. Yeah. The rye lager. I, I'd purchase that again. No problem. The seasonal ale. Mm, it was all right. But the pale ale. 
No, no. Not too fruity. I don't. I don't like fruits in my drink. To be purely honest. See, a, a nice fruity sour beer. I've I've got a lot of time for that. Especially in a hot hot situation. Yeah, absolutely. Give that one a go then. The uh, the pale ale, crisp and fruit forward. In regards to maybe the in the summer, maybe maybe summertime. All in all, all three was uh, you know pretty pretty nice. Jesse, how was yours? Uh, my uh, welly was pretty good. Uh, it was the stout, the chocolate milk stout. Um, I'm, I can only have one one stout before I start not liking it. I don't like having more than one. But uh, yeah, Wellington Breweries out of Guelph there, and uh, I used to when I used to work in Guelph, I used to drop by there all the time and pick up a couple of be- uh, special beers and everything like that. And the other one I was having was uh, an IPA. It's called Upside, but uh, I obviously like IPAs like crazy, but the stout was very, very good. Uh, Yosh, how was your drink? So before we go to Yosh, what you're saying is that in our first episode, you were drinking water, even though you swore it was vodka. (laughs) And now you're drinking chocolate milk and you're saying it's (laughs) beer? That's what I'm getting out of this. Oh, you fuckers. (laughs) Sorry, Josh, go ahead. So my Bob Cage in Northern Lights was uh, was really good. It's a hazy IPA. I was expecting it to be a little bit hoppier. Uh, it wasn't, which is good for me because I'm not a huge fan of super, super hoppy until I have about three of them. And then I'm a big, big, big fan. Uh, but that's probably because I've had three or four of them. But this was good. I would definitely get it again. Uh, and it's got a cool looking can with like a, you know, the forest and balloon. There's a fuck. There's a loon on the front, yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. I would, uh, would definitely get it again. Well, I had to drink something else because that was the only one I had. So it didn't didn't last through the whole episode. But you want me to have a pale ale, Kev? Nice deal. Kev, show me a pale ale. So for all of us here at Points and Penalties, I want to thank you very much for listening. Please give us a like and a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next week, stay stay out out of the penalty penalty box. box.